done, and uh, you're dismissed. No, no. <laughs> um, it is. It's funny how God works. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, and I think most of you do, uh, my name is Henry Fox. Uh, my family and I have been attending this church for a long time, 14 years now. And uh, at one point, I used to spend quite a bit of time up here teaching or uh, sometimes sermons and all. Uh, it's been a while, but there are some of you that are still around that remember the last time I was up here. Lyle reminded me of that. <laughs> Lyle even remembers what sermon I preached, which is amazing because, like I told him, you could ask me this afternoon what I preached on today, and I probably won't be able to tell you. So, <laughs> uh, I can tell you it's not the original sermon that I had planned, and uh, there seems to be a lot of that going around. Um, again, it's really funny the way God works sometimes. Uh, I know Danny talked last week about he had a certain sermon in mind, and that just uh, that didn't work out. That's not where God had led him. And uh, a few weeks back, Brian and I were talking about uh, a sermon, and I had a, um, I'll be honest, for a couple of years now, I've had this message rolling around in my head that I just felt like God had laid on my heart, and I just knew that's, that's what we were going to talk about today. Uh, and it was in, it's in John 6. I, I love John 6. It, it, it's one of the greatest chapters in the Bible, in my opinion, and I just thought that I... That, that's what we were going to preach on, but uh, that's not what we're doing today. So, uh, and for those of you who are used to notes and an outline, uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't do those. Um, it wouldn't do any good because I rarely follow them, and you would just be confused. <laughs> so, bear with me, I will try to go slow enough and I will try to make enough points and tell you scriptures that you can write them down and, and keep up with, the, with what I'm doing. But, uh, no notes today. I think we might have the scripture up here. Uh, we're going to be in Luke, as Heather has already preached on this morning. So, <laughs> uh, I do appreciate that. Uh, and, and I do want to say, I, I'm very humbled and, and very blessed to be up here. I appreciate uh, Rick uh, offering this time to me. Um, I, uh, I, I, like, I like to preach. Uh, I like to share God's Word. I like to share what He's doing in my life. And it's really funny. I know, you know Rick talks about it and, and others that get up here. Uh, usually these are messages to us. We're just sharing what, what God's doing in our lives with you and, and, and in hopes that, that, uh, that, that there's something there that, that God uh, has for you too. So... Uh, it, don't ever think that, that we're preaching at you. We are, uh, we've been preached at, and we are just sharing with you. And I hope to do that this morning. Uh, so if you would like to turn with me to Luke chapter 14 this morning, we're going to start in verse 26. And I'm going to do my best to read it without my glasses. And uh, hopefully we can get through this. So Luke 14, starting in chapter 20 or verse 26, Jesus says this, says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. 
For which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who observe it begin to ridicule him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day, this time to come together to share, uh, Lord, your word, uh, to share just fellowship together. I thank you that, uh, that we still are able to do this openly and freely. Uh, Father, it, it, it seems like, uh, like our Christianity is under attack these days on, on all fronts. And sometimes it seems overwhelming. Um, but Father, you foretold this. You, you, you let us know in advance that these things were going to happen. Father, I just pray that uh, through this message and through our time with you and Lord, through the, the strength and, and unity within the body that, that you would prepare us for the things to come. Because God, I think we're just seeing a glimpse of what's going to happen in the future. God, we haven't seen the bad stuff yet, but I, I fear that it's coming. Father, prepare us for that. Give us your strength and your peace and just get us ready for what, uh, what's ahead of us. We thank you so much. We praise you. We give you thanks. We do this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So Heather asked the kids if they ever considered the cost of discipleship. And that's really what we're going to focus on this morning. It's what Jesus was asking his disciples or, or trying to point out to his disciples. There is a cost to discipleship. And we have to prepare for that. Um, luckily, we don't have to do it all on our own, but we do have a part in that. And so that, that would be my question. Are, are you prepared to be a disciple of Christ? And I don't care if you are searching still, if you haven't committed your life to Christ, or if you've been a Christian for 20-plus years. There's still preparation. And you still have to be willing to be taught and to be, uh, to be molded See, Jesus encouraged his disciples to count the cross, to count the cost. But I wonder if you guys understand what the cost is. Do you know what he's asking for? The simple answer is he's asking for everything. All of it. Not little bits, not the parts that you're willing to give up. He's asking for the whole enchilada. And that's what it costs to follow Christ. It costs you everything. But as we go through this, um, we're going to see, I hope, we're going to see that, that uh, He encourages us, that uh, there are costs and that there, there are things that we're going to probably not like along the way, but it all works out in the end. And that's, that's where I hope to, to leave this. But we'll see where we end up. So the first thing that you must be, be prepared to prepared for as a disciple is that you must be prepared to lose the people that are closest to you. Now, he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, then you can't be my disciple. This is a very controversial verse, one of many in the Bible. But some people have a hard time grasping this or wrapping their head around this. 
because aren't we taught to love? Didn't Jesus tell us to, to love everyone? He said even love your enemies, right? But here he's saying, I have to hate my mother and my father. Well, but doesn't that contradict what he said? I have to honor my mother and my father, right? And my sisters and my brothers, my mother, my wife and my children. But aren't we supposed to love our wives as Christ loved the church? What in the world is he talking about here? Well, let's, let's look at this. So, so this is a, a word we don't use a lot of times. I don't use it very much. Hyperbole. Do you guys understand that word? See, I would have to look that up. But basically it's exaggerating to make a point, which is what, what Jesus is doing. So in the sense of, of, of hating them... It's all in relation to how much you love Christ. It's not saying to, that I actually should hate my wife or my son even when he's not doing what he's supposed to. It's just in contrast to our love for Christ and our devotion to Christ. It's, it's almost a... It's loving less than... I don't know if that helps you wrap your mind around it, but the fact is is that nothing is to come between us and our relationship with Christ. Children or youth, I would say, uh, this is difficult for. Uh, I know when I was uh, high school or middle schooler, you know, my whole thing was I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to have friends. I wanted people to like me. Uh, I'm not sure that that's changed a whole lot these days. But when you're, when you're young, it's really hard to have people not like you. Am, am I right? And when you become a Christian, you start, or you should, you should start acting differently. Things that you used to think were fun and cool and all, well, they don't, they're not so cool. They're not so fun anymore. And a lot of those things you just, you don't do. And there will be people in youth, I'm, I'm going to warn you right now, prepare for that. People won't like you. People that you thought were very close friends of yours may not want to hang out with you anymore. And I know that's hard. But Jesus said that, that you... Your relationship with Him has to be the most important thing. And if you let anybody come between you and Him, then you're not worthy to be His disciple. It's really hard when it's people that are in your own family. And I'm not sure that we know a lot about that. Some of you might. Um, I've never had a whole lot of that. I've had people that don't agree with me, that believe other things. I've never had anybody that I know of anyway in my family that really hate me. But it's possible. Have you ever read the accounts of Muslims who come to Christ and what happens with their families? Some of them don't make it out alive. But sometimes at the very least, they disown them. They, they can never have anything else to do with their family. So fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters that, that they have grown up with all of their life, they're no longer part of their life. I 
to me, that would be hard. But Jesus says that you need to understand. God has to be first in our lives. God has to be the most important, and nobody, not even people that are closest to us can come between us. And we think that, well, well Jesus came to, to bring everybody together, right? He came to, to reconcile everybody, and Jesus is love, and, and, you know, so how could this be? How can me following Christ make people hate me? I, I mean, especially my own family, right? But Jesus said in Matthew 10, 34 and 36, He said, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Wow. Enemies within my own household. He goes on to say in Matthew 10.37, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Those are harsh words. And they're hard because for most of us, our families are everything, right? I mean, we're we're taught to to love them. We're taught, you know, as fathers, I I mean, I I think about that. I mean, as fathers, we're, we're protectors of our family. We're providers for our family. We, we're to be the, the, you know, the head of the household, the spiritual leaders. But Jesus is telling me that there may be a time, come a time that, that, that my children will be my enemies. To me, that's the hard part. I mean, to, to think that my kids would hate me. But it is possible. I don't think that's God's desire. I don't, I don't think that He wants to put enmity between us and our families but he's stressing the importance of that relationship with him. Nothing can come between us. And if you think about it, where do the most stresses come in, in, in our relationship with Christ? Do most of them come from other people? Whether it's our family or with people, maybe friends, maybe it's coworkers, maybe, it, maybe it's people that don't even know us, they just hate the idea of Christ. If we let any of those interfere with our relationship, Jesus says that we're not worthy to be his disciples. To me, that's a huge cost to, to think that, uh, especially again, I'll, go, I'll just go back to the family, to think that we could lose members, members of our families because of our faith in Christ is... To me, that would be the hard part. That, that would be the hardest thing for me. But it's, it's the thing we have to do, right? We can't let anybody come between us and Christ. And, but here's the, here, here's the deal. If we let someone, even within our own family, come between us and Christ, we have not only let, let down Christ, we haven't, we haven't let down Jesus and ourselves, we've let those people down. Because if we're willing to compromise, to, to cave in to them, then what are we showing them? How important is that relationship with Christ? See, by standing firm, sometimes we may lose them for a moment. We may lose them for a time. 
But the hope is, is that through our testimony, they come back around and we ultimately, we win them. I think that that's what Jesus' ultimate desire would be. But if we cave in every time somebody doesn't like us, every time somebody has something negative to say about us, because we're followers of Christ, then we're not very good followers of Christ. We're not setting a very good example. And we are giving them no reason to follow Christ on their own. So preparing yourself for that is, is, is of paramount importance. You know, it's funny to me that oftentimes as Christians we'll say, I know, you know, we're going to be persecuted. I know people aren't maybe going to like us or whatever. And then somebody says something to us or somebody actually doesn't like us. And what's the first thing we say? Oh my gosh, what's going on? God, why are they doing this to me? Are, are you really preparing yourself for what's going to happen? I, and, and I'm going to be honest. I mean, we were talking a little bit about it in our Sunday school this morning. I know Facebook and whatever all the other things are out there, all the social media is just blowing up with all the things that are going on in, in, the, uh, in the media right now. What's going on in our country? Uh, you know, like I said, I feel like our Christianity is under attack at all times. But I, I just want to tell you, I, this is just the beginning. This is just the tip of the iceberg. And you need to be prepared. Each one of us, as followers of Christ, need to prepare ourselves for the things that are going to happen. And it's not like it should be a surprise. Jesus is telling us right here, right now, John 15, 18 through 25, says this. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would not love you, or the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of this world, but because I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the words that I said to you, a servant is no greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. But all these things they, they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him that sent me. See, it's, it, it's not because of you personally. It's not because they hate you for who you are or because Lyle, because you're, you're Lyle, right? It's not because of you. I'm sorry, Rick's not here. Somebody's got to pick on you, right? But why? Because he says they hate you on account of my name. It's because of Jesus. But we want to take it personally, right? We want to say, well, they're, they're just being mean to me. They're picking on me. Well, get over yourselves. It's not about you, I promise. But it's because you're a follower of Christ. And I'm here to tell you, I, I want to prepare you, and that's, that's what we're here for. It's going to get worse. It will. I wish there was a way to avoid it. I don't think there is. So what's the second thing you need to prepare for? Well, what did he say there? He said we've got to prepare for people to hate us. That you've got to hate your own mother, father, sister, brother, all that. What else did he say you have to hate? Your own life. Yes, even your own life. Now, this might not necessarily mean your physical 
being. Like, uh, you know, if you're going to follow Christ, you're going to die. Although some are called to that. We know that many of the people that were hearing this message, that was their end. They gave, they physically gave their life for Christ. But what he's, he's saying is that you might have one plan for your life. Here's my story. I have this picture of what my life should look like, the things that I want, the things I want to be doing, you know. And then there's God's picture over here. And, and let me tell you, I don't know if you're like me, but the two don't look anything alike is what I'm finding out. Right? Uh, you know, where I thought I was going to be is completely different from where I am now. But I'm learning to be okay with that because I know that God has better plans for me than, than I have for myself. In Luke 9.23, he says, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. You know, Danny talked last week about the, the rich young ruler who, who had an, a problem. He, he thought he was doing everything he needed to do to, to be holy. And all he was looking for is a little more acceptance. He just wanted Jesus' acceptance of his life. Remember what he said? He says, I, I've done all of these things. I've kept all of these laws, and, and I, 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 I've, I've done all this stuff. And then what did Jesus tell him? He said, well, good. If you want to be safe, he says, go sell everything you have and follow me. And what happened? He said that, that he went away sad. And why? Because he had a bunch of stuff. My verse says he has a lot of property or whatever. He, just, he had a bunch of money. And Jesus said, that's the last thing you need to give up. I'm, I'm glad. You, you, you're, you're doing good. You're, you're following the laws. Hey, that, that's great. Now give this up. Give, give that part of your life up to me. But how hard is it for us to do that, really? How hard is it for us to give up our lives? For, you know, for some of us, it is that money. It, it, it's, I want certain things, and I want to live a certain way. And that's hard for us. For others, it's different things. It, it, it's, it's status or it's your standing, you know, uh, it's the friends you keep, or, you know, maybe it's just the things you're doing. Maybe I don't want to give up some of these things that, that Jesus says I have to, because I kind of enjoy them. Whatever it is, whatever our vision of our life, Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you, you forget about all of that, and you live the life that, that I have planned for you. See, anything that takes us away from Christ, anything that interferes with our relationship with Him, is sin. Anything that we allow to come between us and God, it's sin. Paul understood losing things, giving things up for Christ. I know, you know, we've been going through Philippians. That's been a, for what, forever now? Rick's just stuck in Philippians. But that's okay, because there's a lot of good stuff in there. But remember what Paul said in Philippians 3? 
He said, whatever gain I had, I counted it as lost for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for His sake I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Now, I mean, many of us understand you know, who Paul was and what he had, but I mean, do you realize how much he gave up? I mean, he did have some wealth. You know, he came from an affluent family. So he gave up some of that. He, he basically gave up his home because what did Paul do? He was on the road his whole life, right? When he wasn't in prison, he was on the road. But probably the hardest thing for him is he gave up his standing. Remember what he said? He says, I was a Hebrew among Hebrews. He had risen in the ranks within the Jewish nation. He was, he was well-respected. He was looked at. And he gave all of that up. And, and, and why? Because he said, all of that account as, as rubbish. See, Paul understood all of those things are temporary. They're things that are not going to last. And it didn't matter how much he had or how, what standing he had, whether he was the president of the United States or whatever his position was, it was it, nothing compared to his relationship with Christ and his service to Christ. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I don't know if you guys have ever heard that name. Uh, you guys can read his story. You can look him up. But uh, basically, he was, he was a German pastor during the, time, the reign of Hitler. Uh, ended up dying in a concentration camp. Uh, and he talks about the cost of discipleship. And one of his, his comments is that when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. That's exactly what Jesus said, right? Come, die to yourself. Pick up your cross, follow me. So, when you're preparing yourself for this service, when you're preparing yourself to be a disciple, one of the things that you have to prepare you for, bless you, you have to prepare to, to give up the things that you want, the life that you think you deserve, the, the life that you, you've got... I mean, in that, I mean, especially in America, aren't we guilty of that? Don't we start our kids out from, you know, this tall? Well, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, you know they want to be an astronaut or I want to be a, you know, a cowboy or whatever it is. But we, we have this idea that you need to know what you want to be when you grow up. And the life that you want to live, you have to plan that from a very early age. The only problem with that is we tend to leave God out of all those plans. We tend to have this idea. And like I said, I, I will tell you this, that whatever you think your life is going to look like, and maybe some of you are better, maybe some of you are closer to God and, and more in tune with His plan for your life, but I'm betting it's going to look a lot different than what you think right now. I'm betting that path is going to be maybe a little more windy than you thought. Maybe it's going to lead you to someone or somewhere else. I think you're going to be surprised where it takes you. But the thing is, is that I trust the person that's in charge of my life. I trust him implicitly that, that he has my best interest at heart. And so wherever he wants to lead me, I'm, I'm going to go. I might complain sometimes. I might 
not necessarily like all the things I've got to go through, but I trust him. And that's, that's what he's looking for. So we prepare ourselves to, to, to lose our lives or we prepare ourselves to die to self every day by doing a few things. We, we sacrifice our time. Heather was talking about that this morning. I mean, how hard is it to sacrifice 10 minutes to read your Bible? To spend a couple of minutes to, to talk to a customer or an employee during the day that may be having a down day or, or may just need to hear an encouraging word. Maybe, which is, seems kind of crazy to us in, this, you know, in the United States, maybe they've never heard about Jesus. It's taking that time to do that. Or maybe he is asking you to give up your treasures. Maybe he's asking you to give up your money. Maybe you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. You've got millions of dollars in the bank, and God wants you to go to Ethiopia and be a missionary, sell all your stuff. It'd be a drastic change, right? But I guarantee it'd be worth it. Because the things you're going to do there, they're going to last forever. All that money you got in the bank... I hate to tell you, you can't take it with you. I know you've heard that. It's true. <laughs> the third thing that Jesus talks about that, that, that we're going to face or the thing that we need to be prepared for is, is that uh, you need to be prepared to face the trials and the sufferings that you're going to go through. He talks about this when he talks about bearing your own cross. And, and it's interesting to me there, he says that you bear your own cross. Whoever does not carry his own cross. See, my cross is not the same as yours. I doubt there's anyone in here that has the same cross as someone else. We have different things to, to, to bear. There are different things we're all going to go through. We may go through similar things corporately as followers of Christ, but God's going to call us to different things. And if you question whether you are going to have sufferings or trials or whatever, let me read this to you. James 1, 2 says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. He didn't say if you encounter trials. He said when. When you encounter trials. Let me read something else about Paul. This is what Jesus said about Paul in Acts 9. He said, But the Lord said to him, He said, Go, for he is, chosen, he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. This is, this is Jesus talking about Paul. He says, For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Right up front, here's what Paul's ministry is going to be. It's going to be suffering. It's going to be full of it. And we know from all the things we've read about Paul, it was full. What do we say? If he's not on the road getting rocks thrown at him or whatever, he's, he's sitting in prison. But what did he say? In Philippians 1, we just, we just went over this. He says, for to you it has been granted to, for Christ's sake not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake, experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me and now 
here to be in me. It has been granted to you. Like it's a privilege to suffer for Christ. It is. Because that's one of the true tests. If, if you're suffering for Christ, you're, you're one of His. And it's not, he, he didn't say, you know, that maybe it'll happen. You know, for some of you it will and some of you it won't. It, it's going to happen. In 1 Peter 4, he says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you. Don't be surprised when these things happen. But what is, it's like I said earlier, the first thing that Christians do when something happens to them, they go, oh God, why me? Why am I going through this? Haven't I been good? Haven't I been doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing? I've been at church, you know, four Sundays in a row. I even went on Wednesday night one time. I pray at meals. I gave to that guy standing by the sign down in Grand Junction. And then we're going, so why are you putting all this on me? Count it all joy. I want to read, I, I want to read this comment to you. And I, and I, think, it's, I, I think it's very appropriate for where we are right now. Now, I'm, this is again, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was, this is a quote from him. And I, I, I want to, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to kind of, I, I'm, I'm going to, in, kind of interject my feelings on this. And I'll, I'll give that disclaimer. These are my feelings. This is a comment made during the reign of Hitler, during the Nazi era in Germany, from a man who was a pastor who did not agree with what was going on, who stood against Hitler. Okay? And he said this. He said, The messengers of Jesus will be hated to the end of time. They will be blamed for all the division which rends cities and homes. Jesus and his disciples will be condemned on all sides for undermining family life and for leading the nation astray. They will be called crazy fanatics and disturbers of the peace. The disciples will be sorely tempted to desert their Lord. But the end is also near, and they must hold on and persevere until it comes. Only he will be blessed who remains loyal to Jesus and his word until the end. To me, it sounds like that could be written about this time that we're in right now, in the country we live in right now. And who would have ever considered the parallels between Nazi Germany and the United States? But I would argue with you, that we're seeing some of the same things happen. And so the, the idea of this message is that we need to not be surprised about this. It, 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 it is funny, again, every time something like this happens or the news media, you know, does a story on this. I see a lot of Christians that I know that go, I can't believe this is happening. And I'm like, I can't believe you can't believe it because you knew it was coming. We were told it was coming. We've got to be prepared for it. We have to prepare ourselves for this. And how do we prepare? We, first thing we do is we understand that it's going to happen. We spend time in prayer. We understand that there are going to be costs. Some of them are going to be literal. Some of them are, we're, we're going to lose people that we love. We're going to, 
we're going to be faced with some, I think, some real trials. But, you know, what does he say? He says that we must persevere to the end because only the one that, that remains loyal will be blessed. I'm going to start to wrap this up so we can get out of here in time. So we talked a lot about the, the cost to it. And, and maybe it doesn't sound that good, being a disciple. Maybe you're out there and you're, you know, maybe you're that, that person who's been here for a while. Maybe you've been listening and you're really getting excited because, man, I, I, I think I'm ready to commit to Christ. And maybe some of the things you heard this morning, you might be saying, hmm, well, that doesn't sound like that much fun. Or maybe you're a Christian like we were talking earlier. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. And you're, you're thinking to yourself, man, you know, when they dunked me way back when, they didn't tell me about all this. And I, and I will say, uh, this, this, this time in our church, in the, especially in the Western church, we've become this, we, we've become this, this, this church just intent on getting people baptized. We, 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 we look at the Great Commission when it says to go out and make disciples and baptizing them, and we skip that first part and we go right to the baptizing. We, we, we just want to get them dunked. We want to get them wet and get them in the pews, and, and, and that's okay. I mean, we need, to, we, need to, we need to introduce them to Jesus, right? But boy, we need to make disciples and we need to prepare them for what's coming. And I tell you what, I know it, I know some of it doesn't sound like it's going to be that much fun. And, and I, I'll, I'll be honest, some of it's not going to be much fun. But the payoff in the end, I guarantee you it is. See, the disciples had this same thing going through their mind. As Jesus was telling them all the things that were going to happen and, and the things they had already seen, the persecution that they were receiving, they started to question and say, you know, God, man, Peter said, Lord, we've left everything for you. Everything we've left behind. We've given all of it to follow you. And Jesus encouraged him this way. In Mark 10, 29, Jesus says, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brother or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. See, that's the payoff. We're, we, we, we concentrate on these, these few years that we're around on earth. But what we're really living for is that eternity that He's promised to us. It's hard. It, 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 it's hard for us to understand that, but that's what we're working toward. And I told you guys I wanted to preach on John 6, and I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to start to end right here with this because I'm, I am going to get into John 6. I'm going to have Brian come up and he's going to play a song. But So you guys remember John 6. We, we went through this on Wednesday nights. I'm sure a lot of you read it. Like, this is a great chapter. But you remember when Jesus, he had fed all the people, right? Everybody was following him. Everybody was happy. They were excited. They were, they were gung-ho to follow him. And then he started saying some things to him that just freaked him out. And, and I'm sorry, if I freaked you out this morning, that's not the intent, but I, I want you to be prepared. 
And many of them left because they couldn't. They said, the words you're saying are too hard for us to hear. And they left. And he turns around to his disciples that, that, were, that were there. And he said in John six sixty seven. So Jesus said to the twelve, You do not want to go away also? You don't want to leave? Are these words not so hard for you? Or I mean, what's, what's going on? And Peter said, God, he said, Lord, he said, to whom shall we go? Where are we going to go? And if you're out there questioning if, if Jesus is worth it, if, if all of this that you've heard today, if it, if it is really worth following Jesus, where else are you going to go? What are you going to do to prepare for eternity outside of Jesus? I, I want to tell you right now, there is no way. There's none. John 14, 6, my life verse, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. There is no other way. And that's what Peter says. He says, you have the words of eternal life. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be right here. So the question is, as we finish up here, is, are you prepared? Christian, are you prepared for the things that are coming? Are you prepared for the things that you, you may be facing right now in your life? Like I said, I'm, I don't want you to take misrepresent what I'm saying this morning. It is not on you. Because when you give your life to Christ, you receive power to do these things. It's not all in your power. And if you're trying to do it through, all in your power, maybe that's why you're struggling with these things. There's power there for you. There's a helper for you. You don't have to do it alone. And if you've been with us for a while, if you're thinking about it, if you, if, if you, if you like what you hear about this Jesus, and if you're thinking, you know, I want, to, I want to have security in the future. I want to prepare for my eternity. It's not going to be easy. Any preacher that tells you it's going to be easy being a Christian, I, I'm sorry, they're, they're, they're misleading you. There's going to be some hard times. But it's worth it. What did he say? He didn't say just in eternity. He said even here. He says, I'm going to bless you here in this life. So I encourage you, don't wait. Don't hesitate. If you have more questions, you come up this morning while we're going to do the invitation here. You guys come up. Christian, if you've got some things you need to work out, that's what this is for. It doesn't mean, and, and I'll be honest, I, I, I'm the same way, maybe as some of you guys. Sometimes walking up here and, 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 and coming up front, you think, well, people are going to think something's wrong. People are going to think, well, maybe he's got something going on. And they're going to wonder what it is. It's okay. Maybe I do have something going on. And I need to come before God, and I need to get it right. Or I need to ask for his help. Or maybe I need to go to a brother or a sister and ask, ask them to help me. Whatever it is, don't let your, your anxiety, your fears, your, your embarrassment, don't let it stop you from receiving that help that He is so willing to give. And if you haven't given your life, don't let anybody stand in your way of doing that. It's the only sure way to eternity. So we're going to close. Brian's going to play. You guys need to come up. I'll pray with you. You can just come up here and kneel. If you need to ask me more about Jesus, let, let me tell you, I'd love to. 
Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. God, sometimes it's hard to hear. Sometimes, Lord, sometimes it's hard to say. But God, I know and I trust that you have the best intentions for us. Not, not like Danny said last week, as we sometimes look for good lives. You want the best life for us. And God, I, that's what I want. I want the best. I want everything that you want to give us. Lord, it's not easy going through trials. But God, we know what it produces in the end. We know that you're there with us throughout them all. You never leave our side. Lord, strengthen us for the days to come. Bless our time here. Thank you so much for all that were here this morning. I pray a blessing over them. I pray for safety as they leave here. And God, I pray for our Haiti group. I pray that the seeds they've planted will blossom, that they will yield fruit. And that, Lord, you bring them back safely to us, just invigorated and energized to keep all of that going here. Lord, we give you this time, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.